In this episode, I'm going to show you seven SEO tips that you probably didn't even know existed. Now, these strategies are cutting edge, and the last one is a little interesting, a little controversial, but I've tested it and it works, and I can't wait to share it with you. Let's go. What is up? My name is Chris, and welcome to another video. If this is your first time here, we talk about building passive income streams that work for you so you don't have to. So to build those income streams, join the family now by subscribing below. Also, before we get started, be sure to check the first link down in the description for my number one way to make money using SEO. Now let's get into the video. So number seven on our list is going to be to create branded keywords. This is where you make up an interesting and catchy marketing term and then just assign it to a strategy or a way of thinking that you might have. The key here is the more unique that you make it, the better it's going to be. So when someone Googles it or looks for it on Google, nothing's gonna come up but your website. Now, one of the greatest examples of this would be the name of this channel, which is Benji's Dad. It's a nice and unique way of uh, branding the channel because it happens to be my son's name. Now, when uh, in, back when I first started this channel, back in like 2016, 2017 or so, no one knew who's Benji's dad happened to be. But now, if you go on Google and you type in Benji's dad, the first thing that pops up is my website. And that is all by design because it is a branded keyword. You can use this exact same strategy with any type of thinking or process that you might have come up with that has your own little unique spin on it, but then you wanna create some type of buzz around it with the actual name. This will help with SEO because when people are searching for these terms, your website is going to be the first one that pops up. If you are in the marketing space, you might be familiar with other terms that are very similar to these, like the skyscraper technique or the army ants method or whatever it happens to be, right? These types of things are just branded keywords that were created that have become their own brand. And if you Google them, the people who created them, such as Brian Dean or Morton Storgard, they're the first websites that pop up when you look for those particular phrases. So be creative, make sure it's something that kind of rolls off the tongue, but regardless of what it happens to be, use these branded keywords so that you can start showing up on the first page of Google for those words. Now, if you thought that one was good, trust me, the last one on this list is controversial, but it's going to really get you. Be sure to stay tuned for that one. The number six SEO tip is to make the most of when other bloggers reach out to you. Now, if you have a blog and it's already running and you have a decent size authority on that blog, other bloggers are going to reach out to you for guest posts or to get you to try to put their links onto your websites. Now, usually the knee-jerk reaction to this is to ignore it and just be like, I don't want your crazy spammy links on my site. I don't, regardless, just get out of here. I don't want to worry about it. However, you need to take this a step further. One thing that I have been doing is what uh, I believe Chris over at Niche Safari has really used a branded keyword for and calling it reverse outreach, where people are reaching out to you and then you turn it around on them. I have a video that talks about this that I'll be sure to put down in the description with the exact process on how to do it. But to put this all into a nutshell, what you're essentially doing, when people reach out to you and they ask you to do a guest post or do a niche edit onto your website where they put a link into one of your articles, you just turn it around on them and say, hey, I would love to do this, but let me collab let me counter with a collaboration idea. If you can get me a link to my site on another guest post that you might already be writing for another website, just be sure to link out to me and then I'll put you link on my post. Doing that is going to be super helpful and really easy to be able to get some really high quality backlinks. Plus you can vet them because if they really want to get a link onto your site, they're going to work hard to get a link on someone else's site that points right to you. Regardless, the whole idea with this is to take advantage of every opportunity that you might have in order to get a backlink to your site. There's a blogger out there named Adam Enfro 
story, and he really put it very simply. Backlinks is the currency of the internet. And when you think of it that way, it makes it very simple to realize that every opportunity that you have with another blogger, you might have a great opportunity to be able to get a backlink to your site with very little work. The last time I used this exact strategy, I might have spent 10 minutes writing the email. I got a high authority backlink for my site. Plus I was able to get some more content on my site. The number five SEO tip is to appear on podcasts. Now this one right here is actually very, very underrated because a lot of these podcast hosts and podcast catchers that are out here are very, very, very high authority. And being able to send some of that link juice to your website is a great way to get some really good backlinks going to help your whole website as a whole rise and start to get more and more traffic from Google. Trust me, I have personally seen it over and over again when you start doing the, the rally where you start showing up on a whole bunch of different podcasts, the authority on your site can skyrocket immensely. I was just talking with a friend of mine and she hasn't really done anything when it comes to blogging on her site. However, because she's been on so many podcasts, she had a domain rating of over 25 with her site, which is kind of crazy to say that she wasn't really doing too much of a push in order to get more backlinks to her site. So definitely start appearing on podcasts as much as possible. Possible. In fact, to help with that, I have a service that I've been using pretty extensively lately called Podmatch. I'll be sure to leave a link down in the description if you want to check it out. Now, as great as appearing on podcasts is, it's not as controversial as the last one on this list. So be sure to stay tuned for it. Number four on our list is going to be pretty interesting, but it's don't completely trust SEO gurus. And this is like everybody, right? Now, I don't consider myself a guru, but I mean, I am on YouTube talking about SEO. So I guess I would fall into that category. But that's pretty much anyone that you might find, whether it's on YouTube. Uh, YouTube or a podcast or whatever, it's easy to listen to what they're doing and then think that you need to start doing it. But at the end of the day, don't completely rely on that. What really moves the needle when it comes to SEO is testing these things yourself and then just seeing what happens. Everyone's audience is different. Everyone's website is different. Pro backlink profiles are different. It doesn't really matter what's going on. Everything is going to kind of be suited just for you. Now, we're not saying that there isn't best practices that are out there that you should be following regardless. But when it comes to different types of tips and tricks and strategies, at the end of the day, you need to test it yourself and see exactly if it worked for you the way that you want it to work. Now, on the heels of just saying that, number three is going to be to be very active in SEO communities. Now, SEO or search engine optimization is something that's going to always be different. It's always going to be changing. No matter what's going on here, something's going to change there. It seems to change every other day sometimes when it comes to figuring things out, new strategies here, new strategies there. But with that said, if you are active in these SEO communities, it's going to be really helpful in making sure that you stay on top of the curve with whatever happens to be going on at that particular moment within Google SEO. The big reason for this is because if you really depend on what you do, then you're not going to be able to see the problems and experiences and successes of others that are out there as well, seeing what works for them and then testing it for yourself on your particular website. Now, I will caution you, be very careful with Facebook communities. Usually when things happen, when you have a Google update or something weird starts to happen within the search engine results page, people will flock to Facebook and just start complaining, which can really bring you down. So some places that I go to in particular in order to be very active in these SEO and 
their blogging communities would be somewhere like John Dykstra's Fat Stacks Forum, Black Hat World, and even the SEO subreddit over on Reddit. These are some really good places that you can go to. If you happen to know any other ones, be sure to let me know down in the comments. I'd love to join and then start to give some value there as well, but also most importantly, learn something. Now, before we get to the most controversial one on this list, let's talk about number two, which is to speed up your website to help your SEO. Now, there's plenty of studies out there that have that have shown that regardless of how fast your website is, it doesn't necessarily affect your rankings. But regardless, it's going to affect your ratings at some point in the future. I believe Google is doing everything with this uh, PageSpeed Insights and the Core Web Vitals and all of this stuff in order to flip a switch at some point in the future. So I'm not saying completely ignore it, but it probably shouldn't be the number one thing on your mind constantly with trying to get your website fixed. I recently had a website that was having a problem passing Core Web Vitals for a number of months, and I, I probably could have fixed it if I just sat down with it for like, you know, a couple of days just trying to get everything right on it, but I just kind of let it linger. And then overall, I would fix it here. I'd tweak something there, see if it actually worked. And I finally eventually got it about four or five months later and now I got greens all, all over my Core Web Vitals and I'm passed on it as well. So now that my site speed is no longer an issue, I haven't really seen a big uptick in traffic. However, if there's ever a tie, if Google can see one site that's talking about one thing and then my site, the one that's fastest is probably going to end up ranking higher. With that said, however, always remember your site doesn't have to be the fastest one, it just can't be the slowest. That's the whole example of running away from a bear, right? You don't have to be the fastest person when running away from the bear. You just can't be the slowest. So do things on your site that's going to help keep the speed of it up. So when someone clicks on it in the SERPs, whether they're in the middle of the desert and have one bar versus on their laptop, it's still going to load in a very fast amount of time so that they can enjoy your content. Now, finally, the most interesting and probably controversial one on this list is to move your table of contents to the bottom of your posts. Now, there is a few things when it comes to the table of contents that you need to keep in mind. It really helps with your SEO, but it also can hurt your time on page because people are just going to click around, jumping from one place to the next when it comes to your content, which means they won't stay on your website much longer than they really have to, which is fine. But when you look at it from a, a point of view from maybe one of your ad networks, they might tell you to completely get rid of the table of contents so that people can spend more time on your site in which they'll be served with more advertisements. But there is a few SEO benefits of having a table of contents on your website. So for example, the jump links, that's the links that you click within your table of contents that then just jumps you straight to another part of your page. That actually can help your SEO because those things can actually rank within Google. So when someone clicks on it, they are brought immediately straight to that part of the page. So the question is, how do you have a table of contents on your website and still be able to get the SEO benefits from that without having to sacrifice your time on page. And that's by just not having it at the top of the post. So on a recent case study site, what I've been doing is dropping that down to the very bottom of the page. That way I still get the benefits of the jump links SEO wise, but then I also don't have to worry about people landing on it, jumping around and not spending the maximum amount of time on the site. From that, I have been able to see an increase in time on page which is definitely helpful with Google because they see that people land on the site and they don't leave very quickly. Now, search engine optimization is really just one piece of the pie. So if you want to learn the entire strategy of being able to take uh, SEO, <clears throat> now affiliate, nah, 
Now, SEO is just one piece of the pie. So if you want to learn the entire strategy for how to take SEO and marry it with something like affiliate marketing to earn you a full-time income online, I want you to go check out the training uh, down in the description over at bloggerevolution.com slash workshop. That's bloggerevolution.com slash workshop. Again, it's a free training that you can check out where it will show you exactly step-by-step how I was able to build an SEO business online, put it together with affiliate marketing, and quit my job in about 18 months.